You know, we can push out our messaging all day long, but as these ambassadors mature and they start publishing their own content and it's true to their voice and it, and it relates to Blue Cross, that's the messaging that really goes out there and people gravitate towards. So we really want to uh, embrace when employees do that and then make sure that we're rewarding them by, by helping spread the word that they're posting also. Well, you just heard from James LaCourt, who is the social media manager at Blue Cross of North Carolina. I'm joined by Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. He's my special Texas friend. He's the executive strategist there. I'm Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. And Adam, wow, James was amazing on this episode. These guys got it figured out. James has it figured out. And uh, I so appreciate all the insight that he shared uh, on our show today. But I think specifically what we just heard, um, the idea of how can we reuse content? The content is the most expensive thing that we as social media practitioners typically have to come up with. And if we can find ways like James does by reusing and repurposing content for the blog or for emails and use that in social and then, and then vice versa, that really not only saves you money, but I think it also fosters a more level of collaboration between the social team and the other marketing communications customer service teams. Yeah, this, this episode is like an audio best practices guide for social media management. You know, cross-functional center of excellence got that. Paid and, social, paid and uh, organic uh, integration got that. Employee ambassador program got that. Blog program got that. Social care program got that. I mean, it's like boom, 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 boom. James is doing it all and doing it all really well. Super impressive episode. And you're going to appreciate this one, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to learn a lot. I did. It's, it was a good one. Uh, before we get into the show, you'll hear the rest of James's story uh, from right there in Raleigh, North Carolina. I want to just take a second to thank our sponsors, including Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Adam's organization, who have a terrific new book that you should download, really report. It's called The State of Marketing. They interviewed 4,100 marketers, way to overachieve on the market research, 4,100 <laughs> marketers, and asked them what's going on in, in uh, the state of marketing. It's their fifth edition of this report. It's amazing. It is rich with information. You're gonna learn all kinds of stuff, the role of AI, the new role of social, all that kind of thing. Definitely grab a copy. It won't cost you anything. You can get it right now for nothing at bit.ly slash J says. That's bit.ly slash J-A-Y. S-A-Y-S, all lowercase, grab that, won't you? Also, the show is brought to you as usual by our pals at socialmedia.org, the leading organization for big company social media managers. If you're somebody like James running social media for a big organization, lots of challenges in a healthcare regulated environment, as Adam talked about in this show, you got a lot of stuff on your mind and socialmedia.org can help you make better decisions and actually help you improve your career, wouldn't you say, Adam? Uh, absolutely. I think the two things you, you need to do to have a career in social media are A, be on the show, because as we joke in this show, and as we've joked about off the time, like magic. 75% of people who are on the show get promoted or get another job uh, within a year of, of being on our show. But more importantly, and, and I only kid there slightly, but socialmedia.org. It's a great network for, for meeting colleagues um, and understanding how other businesses operate in the social media spectrum. Yeah, if, you, if you're working in a big company and you're the number one social media person in that organization, you absolutely need to check out socialmedia.org. Go to socialmedia.org slash socialpros. Let's hear from our special guest this week from Blue Cross of North Carolina's James LaCourt this week on Social Pros. James LaCourt, social media manager, Blue Cross of North Carolina, joins us live from Raleigh this week on the Social Pros podcast. James, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate 
you taking the time. Tell folks out there what your service area looks like at, at, uh, at Blue Cross in North Carolina, who, who you're serving out there. Hey, it's um, great to be on the show. So uh, in Blue Cross North Carolina, we service about 4 million members. Um, we have about f- uh, 5,000 employees. We're not-for-profit, been around since 1933. Really, our mission is to improve the health and well-being of our customers and North Carolina. Uh, we call really our customers members because we look at them a little bit differently where we really feel like insurance companies should get away from just paying claims and collecting premiums. We really want to help upstream and help our members address health issues before they get to the point where they need a doctor or they need medical care. Just really trying to change the perspective of how we work in the healthcare system. Uh, and it's really exciting uh, the things that we're doing on social media as well to help with that. Well, one of the things that is particularly exciting is that James is a longtime listener to Social Pro. So all you listeners out there, you can be on the show too. Just uh, send me a note, jay at jbear.com. We'll see what we can do. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, James, and we were talking before the show, is, is the role of social at Blue Cross North Carolina is, is really all-encompassing, right? So you're using social for a lot of different purposes to serve a lot of different needs. And I'd like you to talk about that if you could. It, it, I think it's a really interesting use case. It's not just about the marketing or just about customer service. It's like everything. Yeah, so it is. We have several strategies that roll up into my area. Um, So we're doing things with our executives. So trying to onboard them onto Twitter so they can listen to the healthcare conversations, connect with their peers, do more um, outreach with our, our community partners. We've got an employee ambassador program as well that we have about 80, 90 uh, employee ambassadors that share content across the um, across all social channels. Um, we do organic and paid. A lot of our content, though, isn't to sell. Our content is more about building relationships and educating consumers um, how to be healthy and how to get the best out of their plans as well. We do do customer service. Um, so within my team, uh, there's a uh, another group that we work with that does customer service as we're on social media and see those issues we pass those along to them and then we're also what's exciting is we're working right now on trying to make sure that social media doesn't just sit in a silo by itself so we're reaching across the organization trying to make sure folks understand what social can do for them, but also the ability to integrate into our other Salesforce tools, such as Service Cloud for customer service, Journey Builder for marketing, and then also the DMP for digital marketing. Look at this guy. He's a, so, he's a, he's a, he's a Salesforce devotee, Adam. <laughs> I, I, will, I will thank you, James, later for those, uh, those implied endorsements there. James, but, if, you're not, if you're not using social to sell, and I, and I guess that makes sense. People are like, hey, I'm here on Facebook. I saw an ad. I need to get me some of that insurance. That's not usually how people think of, of Facebook. So does that mean that, that most of the content you're creating is really targeted at existing members? So, so you're, you're, you're sort of preaching to people who are, are currently uh, part of your organization, and, and that's kind of how you think of your social audience, if you will. So it really depends because we work with so many organizations across the company, it'll depend on on what campaign we're working on. So for instance, in our marketing department, they're going to they're going to target all of North Carolina and it's really about reinforcing our brand and our reputation. Our HR department will market towards maybe it's uh, recent college graduates to to explain and connect with them that we have a great IT department here that they should belong to. So it really depends on where 
where in the business that we're targeting. Um, but for the most part, in my area, it's really about building that reputation and connecting with employees. I mean, I'm sorry, connecting with uh, uh, customers. James, in those examples you gave, I think HR is, is a great one. I'm curious whether you're kind of empowering the HR team to be able to engage and participate in social media kind of on behalf of of a Blue Cross of North Carolina, or if your team is is actually doing that kind of on their behalf, how does that work? And I mean, do you have protocols and, and regulations? Obviously, you're in a regulated environment. So there's probably, I would assume, some more kind of governance kind of in and around how those things operate. Sure. We actually have a social media center of excellence where there's about eight departments from across the company that are part of that. And we meet on a regular basis. And that's where we kind of build out our strategy, our process, our procedures, provide training that it meets on a regular basis. HR has kind of grown into this. So we initially were posting for them, but now we've trained them. They're comfortable with it. Now we've kind of given them some of the keys to the kingdoms uh, per se. Now, when they post, we review everything before it goes out using the tools that we have. So we're seeing everything that goes out beforehand and consulting with them on how to improve that. They're also helping us review any kind of comments that are related to HR. So we would assign those to them and they're ready um, on their side to, to address those or comment. You mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, doing social customer care or in your experience or your your uh, your organization member care. How does that kind of work? And are your teams actually doing the engagement uh, with your members? Or are there specific kind of member service teams that are engaging and and assisting whether it's I, I need this plan number or I lost my card or I've got a claim that I need some assistance with? Sure. We have a community manager that's monitoring all the time. And that person is responsible for engaging with anyone on social media. If it's something where there's PHI involved or it's not a simple answer that we can redirect them, we assign it to a customer service rep who is alerted in the system and then takes care of that for us. They'll take it offline, direct message them, get their contact information and help them out that way. And we have about 12 customer service reps that do that for us. Wow. One interesting question I've always had, I've I've always looked forward to this opportunity to speak to someone kind of in your situation. You have a brand with Blue Cross of North Carolina that is very much similar to all the other Blue Cross and sometimes Blue Cross Blue Shields across the, uh, across the country. These are separate organizations uh, with entirely you know, different kind of rules and, and regulations. Yeah, tri- AAA is the same kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious how you kind of deal with that. Obviously, you're listening to people who are reaching out to uh, Blue Cross of, of North Carolina, but I don't know if the average member or consumer knows the distinction there. Anything special that you have to do to kind of geofence or make sure when you are listening that people get it right and that you're listening to, uh, to, the, to the members that are truly your members and not members of another Blue Cross Blue Shield organization? Sure. So every once in a while, we do get a customer that will tag us and we have a contact list for all the social media uh, managers and and staff for the other blues plans. We have a good relationship. Uh, We actually meet on a monthly basis to to kind of collaborate and talk about issues that are going on amongst the plans. So that's very helpful. So we would just reach out to them and they'll address it. When you're talking to your other kind of brethren in these, in these similar but uh, separate organizations, are you doing any other things on those monthly calls, kind of comparing statistics or kind of what the landscape looks like? It's almost like you have your own kind of inner trade association 
for uh, you know Blue Cross Blue Shield healthcare organizations. Yeah, it's pretty good. The association actually pulls it together uh, once a month and we'll discuss anything that's coming up. For example, um, last year before the open enrollment for the ACA, we discussed how people were planning on supporting that, what were the, how are they marketing, problems or issues they, they were coming up with, and then uh, used it as a sounding board to help everybody prepare for open enrollment. James, you mentioned the employee ambassador program. You said seven or eighty uh, people, something like that, in the employee ambassador program. How are those? How do you how do you find and select those those individuals? Do they raise their hand, or do you say, "Hey, this person's famous on Instagram; they should be an employee ambassador for for Blue Cross of North Carolina." And then, what what do you have them do? Do you feed them uh, content and company announcements, or sort of what's the what's the process there? Sure. So initially what we did, we didn't want to grow too fast because one of the things that we found out was um, everybody that we talked to touted large numbers of employee ambassadors. But when we started asking them, well, how many of them are engaged? It was a small amount. So we quickly realized that we would rather spend our effort with a smaller group that was going to be more, you know, have more benefit for us and spread that message out further. So we have about 80 right now. We started out with looking at who was really energized, uh, involved with the company, was always out there sharing either on social media or volunteering at you know, community events that we had. So uh, we went out to those folks first and then really just had them recruit others for the most part. Um, we share different stories on our internet probably once a month about maybe a you know, a connection that one of our ambassadors made with somebody sharing content. And so that encourages other people to join as well. Do you have them participate in, in all social channels or, or a few channels in particular? So, you know, it's interesting. We um, have them participate in LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Uh, most folks will participate in our, our LinkedIn, sharing LinkedIn. I think they just feel, feel safer. Um, they want to separate maybe what they do with their family versus business. But it's interesting. Our executives, we've we're onboarded many of them to be in the ambassador program, and uh, most of them are on Twitter. We use a tool to do that. So we'll put messaging in, and it varies. It could be messaging from our blog. It could be uh, maybe there was something in the, uh, in the news about health insurance that we want to get out there. We'll put that in the tool. We'll put out, we kind of monitor our employees on social media. So if they have a LinkedIn long form post um, about something, we'll elevate that, that employee and have all the ambassadors share that if it's appropriate. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that kind of gamification of, of kind of rewarding and recognizing your employees who are indeed participating appropriately in social media. And I think it's important, too, because you can push out, you know, we can push out our messaging all day long, but as these ambassadors mature and they start publishing their own content and it's true to their voice and it, and it relates to Blue Cross, that's the messaging that really goes out there and people gravitate towards. So we really want to uh, embrace when employees do that and then make sure that we're rewarding them by, by helping spread the word that they're posting also. Sure. I think it's something Jay and I here talk about often, that authenticity, that genuineness, and the third-party credibility that, that another you know, employee or an associate can, can really speak on, on your behalf. I'm curious, James, we, we spoke, primarily spoken kind of about your interactions with members, uh, patients, and I know you've got a variety of other audiences that are very important whether it's you know, HR and plan kind of professionals at corporations that may be wanting to make uh, Blue Cross of North Carolina an option for their employees, 
for the healthcare professionals themselves, kind of on the other end of the spectrum. How do you kind of work with those audiences or, or do you in your organization? And, and do you have kind of goals and objectives kind of for, for each audience segment? We have a variety of goals. Uh, we use targeting for the most part to segment our messaging out to those, those areas. So for instance, in our PR department, we're always looking for ways to improve our reputation or help us influence certain policies or, for example, opioid, opioid use policies within North Carolina. So we would publish um, thought leadership content on our blog, then target that content to community um, activists or community thought leaders, business leaders that the opioid epidemic has um, impacted, um, trying to share our perspective, what we think should be done. So that way, when the conversation happens um, on a state level, people are educated educated um, and can make a good decision for the for North Carolina as far as policies go. I love that. So it starts on the blog and then you say, all right, this blog post is about this topic. The natural constituency for that piece of content is this group. And then do you target them organically or paid or both? Both. So you target that group. Uh, and then how does, how does email fit into that uh, equation? Do you take content from the blog and put it into member emails or, or you know, sort of thought leader emails uh, or are those totally separate content streams? So they're, for the most part, they're separate content streams, but we're, we're working closer. That's in the marketing department. Mm -hmm. And so they actually sit on our blog committee, see the content that we're producing, and then we'll highlight it in a member email once a month. Um, they also will come to us if they're having a specific campaign. And uh, because we have a large group of bloggers, they'll come to us and ask us if we could publish certain content, and then they would highlight that on their campaign. So it's, it's a, kind of like a shared service. What's the process for somebody becoming a, a blogger for your blog, Point of Blue, fantastic uh, corporate blog? Is, is that, uh, does somebody have to be asked to be a blogger? You just say, I've got something to say, and it goes through an editorial review. Is it similar to the Employee Ambassador Program? How, how, does, that, uh, how does that happen? Because you do have a lot of contributors. It's extraordinary. Sure. Uh, for the most part, we'll ask as we start to uh, early on when we blogged, it was a, just a, a handful of us. There's four of us. As we started reaching out for that content or looking for those subject matter experts and kept asking them questions, they'd actually would volunteer um, for that. We have a special program within Blue Cross called Plain Language Simplification. So before they blog, we put everybody through that program. That's awesome. And then we just work with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, some of them are not comfortable blogging, don't want their name out there. So we will gather the, inf they'll gather the information for us and we'll write it. Um, others think it's great and want to be out there and um, we'll post on a regular basis. I'll echo what Jay said. It's, just, it's an incredible program and, and kudos to, to you and your organization for, for what you're doing, James, in, in that particular space. I did have a question kind of about, uh, about paid. You said you're doing a lot of paid as well as organic uh, activities on social. And being in a regulated industry, um, curious if you have any limitations or restricted restrictions for how you can kind of target messaging. I'm going to assume most of your paid activities are very geofence because, again, you represent North Carolina. Um, any other kind of demographic or, or, or psychographic limitations upon what you can and can't do with paid or is it pretty much we, we can do whatever we can to try to reach our audience in the best way? 
Sure. So everything that we do has to be uh, by our Blue Cross Blue Shield Association has to be targeted within North Carolina. So that's the first first restriction. Other restrictions would be as far as regulations go, obviously PHI. So I can't um, target on Facebook and say, show me everybody that has diabetes or is interested in reading about diabetes because it, it's going to target, uh, Facebook will actually decline that, but also we don't want to give any kind of member data across to those social channels. So we have to be a little bit, maybe not as specific as we would want to be to target some of our messaging, but that's because of privacy reasons and we definitely don't want to cross that line. That's so interesting. You know, I think one of the hallmarks of, of any good marketing campaign in social media is usually to ask a question, to try to get that engagement. But here in this situation, you're, you're, you are restricting it a bit because you don't want people to kind of self, uh, self-identify as maybe having a chronic disease or something else that may get you into murky waters. Right, definitely. What, uh, you mentioned you have your executives are, are oftentimes on, uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm assuming Facebook in there as well. Any other platforms that you're doing a lot of effort on and are any, other pl- any other platforms that you're looking at and saying, you know, that, that might be something as 2019 and 2020 uh, come along, we're going to want to uh, spend some more time and effort on. Yeah, so we're always looking at other platforms. And it's funny because everybody, a lot of people in the company will come to say, hey, why aren't we on Snapchat or, you know, um, TikTok or whatever the latest one is, right? But we have to really look at what our key business is, what our resources are, and is our audience there, right? So for example, we really can't market to anyone under 18 because they can't buy insurance from us. So we're not going to be on some of the some of the channels that maybe a Nike or something that like that would be on. I would say one of the channels that we've seen some growth would be LinkedIn as well as Instagram. Uh, those are the, probably the two channels that we've seen more growth in than any others. Facebook is the one, kind of our dependable channel, even though organic has gone down, Facebook continues to be the one that gives us the most clicks, page views, and just the most bang for the buck. You mentioned having, uh, I think, four, four people in your, in your social media team. Is that, is that correct, James? Yeah, four folks. I'm curious kind of how you have those folks kind of organized. Are they organized by, by topic, by, you know, you know, creation, post-creation versus engagement? Love, love for you just a channel. Love to have you kind of break that down. Sure. So it's not by channel. Um, because we're a small team, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have a, a center of excellence with about eight folks, uh, eight areas on there and anywhere from healthcare to HR to um, our data analytics team, our community team, our diversity team. So we've actually divided up all the areas that are active on social media or ones that we think should be active. And each of us consult with those specific areas that are assigned to us. In addition to that, we have other roles. So for example, uh, one of my employees is focused on the employee ambassador program and executives on social media. We have another employee that is specifically to our, our blog and paid advertising. And then our third employee is all about community management, customer support, and then publishing our content and kind of owning that calendar as well. And then I kind of look at my role, even though I do consulting, really just um, supporting them, rolling up my sleeves, helping them when I have to, but also looking at, at the horizon to see, hey, what's coming from a strategy level so we can understand how to plan for that as well. That's a great structure. I love how you have that aligned. Uh, here's a question for you, James. And James LaCourt, social media manager from Blue Cross North Carolina, is our guest this week on Social Bros. You mentioned that your social media center of excellence has sort of eight nodes, HR, finance, legal. 
which of those is the biggest pain in your ass? <laughs> I'm afraid to say because they're all going to be listening to this. <laughs> just just uh, between the three of us, we'll yeah, pay Barbara Walters. Yeah. After the recording, you can let us yeah. know. Actually, Adam and I will both guess, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see who's who's right. So, uh, one of the things that I think is fascinating about your background, James, is that you've been with the company, with the organization, for 15 years in in a number of different positions. And I'd like you to, to comment on whether you feel like your history there makes you a more effective social media manager because you sort of know where, uh, where the skeletons are buried. I guess I shouldn't say that reference in a healthcare context, but uh, <laughs> that you sort of know you've got institutional history there that somebody who was maybe brought in from the outside who maybe was a social media manager for someone else might not kind of know the ins and outs of Blue Cross of North Carolina. Do you feel like that's an asset in your role? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, a misconception that people have is that, you know, a social manager just sits there and, and posts on social media all day, right? So, but in my role, it is really important to, to understand who to go to in certain situations, especially in crisis situations, uh, or as we're trying to build out our infrastructure and tools that we're using, who in the company um, do I have relationship with that I can reach out to? Um, a lot of times you hit roadblocks. So, for instance, uh, with legal, when we initially onboarded social media years ago. Um, I, I think legal is probably one of the areas that most people have have kind of uh, pain points with. But because I had some relationships in there, it was easier to explain it to them. Uh, they kind of trusted me, understood what it was about, and um, allowed us to kind of test the waters. And then we were able to roll it out. And I think it's because of those relationships and understanding the business. Kind of as a, as a follow up, uh, James, to Jay, Jay's question, kind of You've been there for 15 years, uh, as, as, as you just said, and obviously social media and basically our entire industry has pretty much been created in those 15 years. Curious about how kind of social media got started and how you got involved you know, in that discipline and, and kind of where you see it, see it going. Any specific challenges that you saw and obviously over, overcame in those 15 years? Sure. So it's funny. Um, I moved over to the internal communications team years ago. And one of the things that I identified was the, uh, the need for our executives to be able to communicate with employees um, not just at the, the quarterly town square meetings or an all employee email, but using an internal tools, tools like a discussion board or an online community like Yammer to, to kind of not only post, you know, push messages out, but listen. And so one of the exciting things that I did here was, and that was kind of our first initial push into social media was developing a social media policy and implementing one of those internal um, enterprise social media tools and then onboarding executives and employees. And so that was kind of our first foray into social media. And I think because of that, and it went so well, it was easier to push out our external channels as well. Uh, that's a really smart way to go about it, as opposed to let's you know start external and try and make a bunch of noise and then try and then resell it internally. Kind of starting from the inside out is a really good plan. I'm, I'm glad it went that way for you and more, more people should adopt that methodology in my estimation. James LaCourt, Community Manager, Blue Cross North Carolina, our guest this week. James, we're going to ask you the two questions that we ask every single person on this show going back almost a decade now. Uh, you know what they are. You listen to the show. First question for James is what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? So uh, my one tip would be to get out of your social media bubble learn the language of your company, the pain points of your company, and speak that language and try to find um, solutions that will address your company's problems. 
I love that. And you oh, know, it's funny. That. That, that seems to be the uh, MO of, of guests here on the Social Pros Podcast. James, you probably heard us say this. Uh, about 75 to 80% of the people who have appeared on this show are in a different job or at a different company within a year of being on this show. So uh, <laughs> I expect, uh, I expect your, your, your new promotion will be on the way soon. Uh, for you. I'll let you know. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> ahead of time. Commission check, commission check is in the mail. We appreciate that. Last question for James LaCourt. If you could do a video call with any living person, who would it be? You're in Raleigh. So is this like a Mike Krzyzewski kind of an answer or something like that? Is there some sort of like a college basketball reference story here? You know, no, not at all. I think it's, I actually Googled for about 15 minutes and then, uh, cause I wanted to find like some, uh, academic answer that philosophy mixed <laughs> that we've into never it. heard of. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. That. And it's finally, I gave up and I started looking at my Instagram feed and, uh, Will Smith popped up. And yeah. one of the interesting things I like about Will Smith is uh, he's just a great, seems like a great guy. He connects on social media with, um, with all of his fans, but he seems to be going through kind of a self-discovery journey and he shares it on social media. So it just seems like he's just um, working through things, looking to, to improve himself, sharing it with others. And I think that'd be a neat Skype call. I love it. Will Smith, that would be terrific. And it is nice, right? Isn't that the kind of why we got into social to be, to be yeah. connected to one another more. And, and it's great when celebrities uh, do that, right? They, they sort of let down the curtain and, and really show you what's going on. That's why I like uh, stories, right? Stories is a really yeah. cool format and, and people tend to go a little more casual there, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or even Facebook. Uh, it's, it's really good. Fun fact, a little aside here, uh, the first social media manager that I ever hired uh, at a, a company that I, I owned long ago, uh, I met this guy on Twitter and hired him sight unseen from Twitter. Uh, and his name is Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> and so his Twitter handle is not that Will Smith, which is that Will Smith. Uh, and, and so uh, I'll, I'll make sure to give him a shout out uh, here on the podcast. James, thanks so much. Absolutely terrific to have you on the show and congratulations on all the great work uh, at Blue Cross of North Carolina. You guys are doing it right. Uh, really proud of what you're putting together. All right, great. Thank you. It was great talking to you guys. Likewise. Fantastic to have James on the show. Adam, man, a barn burner. We've, uh, we've been hot with the guests last, uh, last four weeks. We had Mark Schaefer. Oh, we had Seth Godin. Somebody may have heard of him in the past. Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. yeah. We had Lisa Blackshear from, uh, from Comcast. Comcast. James, and it's been, we've been hot here on the Social Pros Podcast. 2019, we're starting strong. We are starting strong. Thanks to all of you for, for listening to the show as well. Uh, make sure we, you, you pick it up wherever you get podcasts. We're just on Anchor, just added uh, the show to Anchor this week. Um, so if you're an Anchor fan, you can get the Social Pros there as well. Obviously, Spotify, iTunes, all the other places. And if you haven't had a chance to leave the show a review, and we'd love that, that'd be super, super kind. Not only is it good for the show, but if there's something you'd like us to do differently or better, uh, please let us know. And as I said during this episode, I was serious about that. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, and you're like, hey, I got something to say, please let me know. Send me an email, jay at jaybear.com. Uh, we'll see what we can do. On behalf of Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. This has been hopefully your favorite podcast in the whole darn world. It is Social Pros. We'll see you next week.